So today I'm meeting with Matt Connolly. Matt is a great friend, entrepreneur, and platform builder. He's the CEO of Sonar Global, uh, the world's number one insurtech scouting and open innovation platform. So if you want to know about Sonar, it's a subscription-based platform which houses uh, the world's most comprehensive source of innovation in insurance. But you know, the guys hold some 2 million um, pieces of information around tech ventures, which are actually relevant often for insurance. So we'll be talking about Matt Parcours. We'll be talking about Sonar Global. And we will also be talking about leadership, mindset, and culture. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. This afternoon, I am with Matt Conley, great friend, who has been, I guess, in insurance a bit lesser than I, but has been doing its, its mark in the insurance sector. Uh, Matt has actually a beautiful story as an entrepreneur, as a digital proposition builder, and then designing his own platform to serve our industry. So welcome, Matt, and thank you very much for your time. Sabine, it's a great pleasure. It's always lovely speaking to you, especially on a podcast. Yeah. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about you. You know, who is Matt? What Matt loves, loves to do every day? Oh, my goodness. What a broad question. Um, I think the, the true Matt is... Um, Oh, it sounds somewhat cliched. I think it's a family mat. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a proud husband and, and father. We have a little three-year-old in our lives, and more than any uh, business chat, he is the light of my life. And my goodness, um, if I can spend twenty-four-seven with him, I think I probably would. Um, and put business aside and and devote all my time and energy into him. So. So, so yeah, who is Matt? It's, it's a, probably as we all are, we're, we're complex characters, aren't we? So uh, I say all that, but equally, I, I love to get up super early at my desk, super early and, and drive my business forward uh, simultaneously. So um, I, I am in a LinkedIn sense to answer that question. I'm the, uh, the founder and CEO of Sonar Global, which is a, a market intelligence business. We, we're an insurtech scanning and uh, open innovation platform. So a SaaS business. Um, but around that, I'm a, uh, a guy who's been around the block uh, a little while in terms of, you know, a 40-something-year-old 40, 40 guy who has found himself in, in the world of insurance, lives in Bristol, and, uh, and loves my sport, the mountains in particular, um, and has a beautiful three-year-old uh, that uh, takes all my time and energy where, where I have it. So that's hopefully... A, uh, a pretty broad answer, Sabine, but um, yeah, that, that's me in a, in, a, in a nutshell, I reckon. But I also know that your journey started, as I said, as an entrepreneur and you, you started as well with your digital business. Can you tell us a little bit more about the other batch and what got you <laughs> building yes. your platform? 
Yeah, so it's um, it's that's a it's a really interesting one. I think um, it's even sort of let's go back even further into my childhood. So um, I I grew up. Entrepreneurship was never it was never so celebrated as it is today. It was it wasn't a thing that we aspired as kids um, to 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 be classed as an entrepreneur or to to have the recognition of an entrepreneur. I think as as you see today with with all the crazy funding rounds and you know and, and that celebration off the back of it. Um, all I knew is I wanted to set up my own company and um, my my father. Uh, so my parents divorced when um, I was about eight and. Uh, almost kind of the the, the parting uh, message from my dad was um, was 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 set up your own thing and and he was he was a th- number three employee in a company that went huge and, and it became a big global um, some conglomerate um, employing you know thousands upon thousands of people around the world and and whilst he was very successful with that as as number three in you know in in, in the business he he recognised he missed the opportunity to be the founder of that company, to set his own thing up. So, so very much, I, I kind of went through, I, I went through knowing that I wanted to be a, um, a founder, if you like, a, set up my own company. Never, never knew what I wanted to do in my life. And I think I, I matured a little bit late. I was always very kind of diligent uh, school kid who worked very hard to get a B, if you know what I mean. So I was, I was a very, I was like a straight B student always, all through my life. And um, so never, never the smartest kid, but, um, but certainly sort of held my own. And then um, it got me through into university. Even then, I remember cycling my bike for know, miles a day, trying to think about what is uh, the thing I wanted to invent. Long and short is, is I didn't know. And um, I decided, uh, I, well, I went out to live in the States in Chicago for a little bit. Um, uh, I was uh, post-university at the time. You could get a, a visa that took you out there and you could do, I don't know, I, I worked on a fun fair. Um, for a little while and that allowed me to get a visa to then uh, get a job interview and they they, they offered me the, the the job uh, back in the UK which I I declined um, because I was now had a visa for 12 months in the US so why would you go back to the UK this is too much fun so stayed in the US um, randomly just I did a couple of odd jobs there and then I came back to the UK and and I worked um, I answered a <laughs> this shows my age I, I answered a an advert in a um, in a newspaper which was highlighted in red pen. Uh, so they'd obviously paid extra to get a color advert um, and it was in the classifieds. And it was, um, it was, it was for a sales only, um, sorry, a commission only sales job. I was, I was 21 at the time. I think I'd had my birthday in Chicago, my 21st, which is quite a big thing in the States. And then, um, and I, so I came back into, and I was so chuffed to have got a commission only sales job. I mean, of course I was going to get the job, right? But amazingly, um, within the first few months, I started earning just a crazy amount of money. And I don't know whether it was, um, it was my voice, the, uh, the script I followed, uh, my confidence, just complete luck, whatever it was, it, it worked out really well for me. And one of the partners of that company was a, a digital agency, a web design agency, no, now known as um, uh, LBI. Uh, who are the largest digital agency in in, um, in the world. And so I, I got a job. Um, I, I moved over from one company into the, into the sister company, if you like, or the partner company. And I got a job working for a, um, uh, a chap called Luke, who is, is the CEO of that business still. And he was one of the partners of, of the business at the time. And, um, and so I reported directly into him as a strategist. And I worked there for a couple of years. And, and I had this, uh, this thing about, I want to set up my own company. 
the only experience I had in, in life was working for a digital agency, apart from working in crisp factories as a kid, but I didn't think that was terribly relevant for, for my world to be. And, um, and so um, and so what I did is, is I, I left London, I, I pulled up the roots, I moved to Bristol, which is where I find myself still, you know, what, 18 years later, um, and I set up a uh, a web design company. So that that's what it that's all we were. So me and me and a um a chap who I knew from London days, uh, we set up a company with with great great ambitions. It was called Enable, and and it was a uh, a web design company that was going to deliver strategy. Uh, what is it? Strategy, creative, and and tech for the web. I mean, it's two thousand and three. It's a long time ago, and those those things probably meant a little bit more then. Uh, roll forward. I don't know, maybe five years, and we found ourselves um, growing a very uh, successful business. We'd, we'd come at the industry with a view to wanting to work with charities, not-for-profits, NGOs, and, and trying to make the world a better place through the, um, the collective of employees, uh, as opposed to the, sort of the, the sum of our individual parts should be greater as a unit, as a business, and as all individually working for charities, that's that's kind of the uh, the ethos. And we were able to attract um, as almost a social enterprise, but not in, in a kind of legal sense. We were we were just doing a lot of good with our work. We were able to attract talent out of London and joining us in, in Bristol. And we um, yeah, and we um, and we soon became um, the number one uh, digital agency in the UK. And it's wonderful. We not poke off the spot, number one spot, and and we we did some amazing things for amazing clients. But it's really um, you know, and, and again, this is this is my first business, and and truly, and you hear this a lot from uh, founders when they give advice, and and I, I'd never heard this advice. It's it's employ people who are more talented than yourself, and then sort of dot 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 bracket shamelessly exploit them. The, the the last bit we didn't do, but it was it was very much um, we 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 recruited some incredible people who helped us take this business um, uh, sort of global. Almost it felt like overnight, and and it was a very um it's a very unusual position to be in as a as a twenty something year old, uh, you know having having a board having a having a group of people around you which um, did such incredible high caliber work for such global businesses, you know, from insurance all the way through to through to charities, and and actually that that probably is an important link. We 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 started looking to to exit the business, and in order to do that, we needed to up our turnover, um, and and uh, to up our turnover, we we simply couldn't work with any more charities or or not for profits. We we worked with them all, you know, we had Greenpeace and Amnesty, and uh, you know all these amazing clients and so we had to move out into other sectors and that, that was really interesting for us and insurance was one of those um so so we kind of we touched on the on the industry but it was it was one of many that that we worked within um, and so really for, for me that that's where my journey started and and um yeah that that's where kind of the the entrepreneurial bug got me um and uh, and then yeah and, and then i moved uh, from from enable into um uh, for a little while, uh, sort of acting as a grey hair, as a kind of non-exec, as a board advisor for, for these companies. And I felt very um, exposed and young and supposedly as this lead strategist um, in this lead agency in, you know, in, in the UK. And, and people are asking me, who's the next Uber? Who's the next Airbnb? Who's the next? And, and really, you know, let, uh, jumping uh, a few years ahead, that, that's kind of what got me to Sonar. Um, so it's, it's, it's can, we, can we quantifiably answer that question can we use data to interpret market trends identify who those uh, particular companies are 
um, that will be the next uh, unicorns or whatever label we want to give to them. But, but rather than just have uh, an opinion, can we back that up with data? So fascinating because you've you gone through a very long journey starting with your dad, uh, a person who said, be a founder. Then you mentioned as well, you're a family man with a beautiful three-year-old. And I know when we chat, we know that uh, you also are a little bit of a digital nomad. We don't know which country you are going to end <laughs> up at, but at some point you may actually hop various region purpose being clearly embedded in everything you do in the business you've built then there is the other angle around one plus one equal five i heard as well and lastly still as somebody has done so well you we have the imposter syndrome in some ways so when you look at your path what are the lessons you've learned which has which has enabled you to build Sonar to be a great and respected business today. Thank you for saying that, Sabine. Um, it means a lot. Um, uh, it's interesting. We, we, you know, both you and I, um, and maybe even I, I turn that on its head and ask you in a second the, the same or similar question. But um, I think it's um, it, it's interesting when when we speak with entrepreneurs uh, all the time. And um, I had a, I was chatting with a couple of founders in. Um, uh, in Brazil, I'm, I'm fascinated by LATAM and uh, what's going out the, on out there from an insurtech perspective and the, the opportunities that arise as a result. Um, and I was chatting with a couple of founders last week who um, reminded me of the, I think it's a Bill Gates quote about, uh, you, you will always overestimate uh, what you can achieve in one year or what you will achieve in one year, but you'll always underestimate what you can achieve in 10. Um, and, and that's something that I, I totally believe, but I, I also... Um, uh, never listen to, uh, and and I need to remind myself of that. So I'm I'm an incredibly impatient man, um, and and that that doesn't manifest in any bad way uh, apart from within myself. Um, and so I'll always want to be pushing and pushing and pushing, and I, I'm I'm never ever satisfied. Um, <laughs> sounds like the uh, the Hamilton uh, play, doesn't it? Um, need need for perfection. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And 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 yeah, and that always striving for platinum. And and I think that they they are they are terrible traits in 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 somebody, but they are also um, great traits for an entrepreneur. Um, and and I'm I hope I'm able to do that with a level of empathy for those around me, as opposed to um, you you see some terrible terrible leaders. And I'd like to believe that. And I hope that sort of my, the staff retention we've had both within the current business and also um, my, my past agency uh, sort of supports my, uh, my belief that, um, that, that, that I'm able to, to create a, a good culture and, um, and be a, be a good leader within my organization. But, um, but those traits certainly drive me forward um, to the extent of it's really important. And, you know, Matt, uh, our managing partner here at Sonar, but, but previously my, uh, my business partner for many years in, in the agency world, you know, we, we would we'd often have to stop and remind ourselves to check in with one another and, and, and have that high five moment because we were constantly almost unimpressed with our own uh, position and success. And, and I think that's okay, but as long as you have those check-in moments and as long as you're uh, fair on yourself, otherwise it's a pretty, it's a pretty dark existence. Um, so yeah, so, so it's one of the big, the big lessons for me is, is, um, it is around, uh, it is around kind of motivation, I think. It's just making sure that you, 
depending on on when and how you want to work, but you are you are constantly pushing yourself to uh, to achieve better, but simultaneously do check in and and look after yourself on on route. Um, and and I think you know that you, you hear about resilience, don't you, in, in entrepreneurship and, and the importance of that and and being okay with with no and failure and all, you know all those things. And um, uh, and and so 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 yes to all of that. But I, but I think that that continuous drive and, and having those those ambitions, which lots of people don't, and that's okay too. But but if you have that ambition, go go and get up, you know get after it. Um, don't just talk about it. Um, and and as as kind of promised. Uh, turning that on itself, uh, Sabine. And what are, what are your thoughts? What are your lessons? Because I mean, equally, you're you're an incredibly uh, successful person in in the insurance community and beyond. Um, and so, for me, I, I look to you, um, yeah, we, with with huge uh, regard. Um, and I would love to know what, what's allowed you to um, to create this uh, this position for yourself and um, and the success that you have off the back of that. Well, thank you for asking, Matt. It's one of those interesting paths because we, we have similarities. My father is a, is a founder, um, an entrepreneur uh, in fashion, what you would call um, a modeliste, you know, the person who created the first prototype for clothes. So in France, he works with most of the top brands and created the first prototype for catwalk and uh, prêt-à-porter uh, for some of the collection. So when I was a kid, I was work- wearing, you know, amazing fashion, a lot of prototypes. Some of them, I keep them for my goddaughter when she's 18. And, um, you know, the, the key thing about my dad is he said to me, you can't be a top model. I will not allow you to be a top model because I've seen what that can do to people. <laughs> My only choice is where to become a, a consultant or banker or a lawyer. And so I came to the UK 30 years ago, you know, doing Erasmus. And I worked for um, big companies for um, 18 years. And actually, I have to thank a group of um, investors uh, who were retired, you know, CEOs of one of the biggest bank uh, in the world, actually, who had invested a um, significant amount of money in a fintech startup. And they said to me, Sabine, it's time for you to give back. I said, okay, interesting. Okay, so let's go and give back. And literally, I left my cushy job and went into this fintech startup to try to understand what fintech was about, but also learn how you grow and fail in startup because literally I've seen one-on-one what a fintech startup is about. But after one year of learning, I realized the things called fintech would happen in insurance. So at the end of 2015, I set up my own business and said, you know what, I'm going to be advising insurance companies to understand how technology can transform them. And literally, I was at the cusp of InsureTech. Startup Bootcamp approached me, approached different people, but heard my name in the market and gave me the you know, MD role. And I built this to become one of the leading accelerators in Europe. And I did the same in Connecticut with Hartford InsureTech Hub and six years. So you know how accelerators work, right? Um, It's investment based. And so you run um, three years of acceleration based of your sponsors and your investors. So I did that in Europe. I did that in United States. So I was done after six years. And I think it was time for me to move on. And so in... um, 
in 2020, I set up, as you know, Alchemy Crew as one of my projects. And so what drives me is the relentless, I'm relentless around, you know, I would say it's not success, but doing a difference in the world. You know, I love the startups. I love my insurtechs. I've accelerated over 100 and every day I would love to help them, whether to get their funding or make sure that, you know, they are doing okay. You must have heard that Ziguros got acquired by HSB. So great, great announcement for me. Um, but, you know, for me, it's, enabling those businesses to achieve the outcome, whether it's an exit or making a difference out there. But it's also about self-confidence and I think determination. In my case, you know, black female woman in insurance, one of the few, I guess, also want to inspire other women to say, you know what, just follow your path and you will see, you will get somewhere. And I'm very fortunate that I've been working with some of the leading insurance companies in the world and you know, yeah, there are 5,000 insurance companies, for sure I work with 30, it's not small, small um, during the past six years, but that also shows those are the ones who have um, wanting to transform and, and change. And we know it's not easy for anyone, you know, partly legacy businesses and incumbent who have had to embrace innovation and digitization with a lot of legacy leg legislation and regulation, it's not easy, but, I am really um, inspired as well by those businesses who actually trusted me yeah. uh, with bringing, um, you know, innovation or transformation or I'll say partnership and collaboration and investment opportunities to them. Like you, I think being able to make an impact, how big or how small that might be in the world we are in, that's what keeps me awake at night. And having fun, actually, Matt. It's important, right? It's really important, and that, but then that's another thing that I recognize. Um, I am much better at encouraging others to have fun than doing myself, I think. And I might just be in, in a uh, certain uh, mindset right now saying that, but, it's, um, but, but I know how important that is. Because if you're not having fun and you're not living another life outside of work, you become a one-dimensional person, and, and that's never going to be healthy for, for you. And, then, and very much the kind of London working culture was a perfect place to start you know commission only sales into kind of agency land where you know you you would leave your your, your blazer on the back of your chair and sneak out at 10 or 11 o'clock at night only to be back in at 6 a.m you know yeah. and it's um and it's, it was a terrible way to live it really was and um and so yeah running running a um i guess getting being able to be the um i don't know be, be, having control of the dna of a company and and setting culture is a great responsibility. And I think one of the most important things to be able to achieve successfully as a, as a founder. Um, and once you have that right, I think the, the rest of the business will flow. I really do. And, and fun has to be a has to be a, a large part of that. And, um, and in fact, um, we, we, uh, I referenced Matt F, uh, as opposed to me being Oh, dear Matt F, yes. The, the, the other Matt uh, in Sono. And, um, and, and it's one of the great things he's, um, he, he, he brings to, uh, to the party. And, and, and sometimes it's, it's, as a founder, especially in those early days, you, you have your feet firmly under the desk as opposed to on it, and you become quite operational in, in growing the business. And, and as part of that, your your um, you know your, your focus on your KPIs and your targets and your growth metrics and all of those things, and and actually, it's quite easy to forget about having fun. And and he's done a great job of of continuously reminding uh, me and us to to set the kind of the, the fun mark uh, and make sure that we are going out. And you know, and, and whether it's during COVID time, it was 
you know, taking the dog for a walk uh, as a group or whatever it be. And um, yeah, so there's lots of lots of good things that uh, that he certainly uh, reminds us of. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's an important one. Hey, I love fun. talking to Matt. I love talking to Matt F. The interesting thing is when we jump on the phone on Friday, you know, the, the hour just disappear. <laughs> like Matt, we should actually talk about our action points right at some point and um as you said he has such a wonderful balance um sure and beautiful it's an interesting, as no well. he, yeah totally he does and um it's an interesting one for me i there's always um i had a best mate uh, growing up and in my first company um i i even though he worked in the same industry i never i never wanted to employ him um because of the what if moment. What if, what if it all goes wrong? What if, what if I have to fire my friend? What if it doesn't work out and he's made redundant? What if, what if? And it was, it's really interesting um, uh, moving into a 40 year old from a kind of that sort of 20 year old mindset where, where actually Matt and I have been friends for, I don't know, in fact, uh, from LinkedIn just reminded me uh, this week that we've been connected for 13 years. So I don't know. Let's say we've been friends for 13 years. We we were we were roommates um, at one point. We um we shared a shared a flat in Bristol, and um and then to have the opportunity to work with the guy. I remember before um, launching uh, Tolt, which then became Sonar. We we were up on um on my roof deck, which is kind of a couple of floors uh, above my office here, and uh, we were we were chatting away. And I remember scribbling on a on a great big piece of paper around this is my business plan. You know, that's probably as, about as formal as my business plan has ever been. And and we we just chatted through this on a nice sunny day with a beer in hand. And um, I was like, come on, Matt, quit your job. Let's get involved. Let's do this from the day you know day one together. And and it took a few years until you know. It, Understandably, it's not everybody's cup of tea just to just to throw away their career and and try a startup, right? But but for me, it was it was uh, a no brainer. It's it's something I'd done before, and it was easy to kind of conceptualize. But um, yeah, but being able to work with Matt, he came on board a couple of years ago, and, and being able to work with him again is um, uh, oh, sorry for the first time, and and not having those fears of of the what if, you know, and 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 what should happen because actually it's a, it's about building a business together, and that's not just me and him; it's all the people who work for us, um, and and it's our journey and our path, and I, it took a little while to recognize that important actually as well because when you look at my team and, and you know some of the people i'm working with today came back to work with me after yeah. doing their four or five years in insurance i feel so grateful of their trust but the same i said you know if this doesn't go the way it should go you know you have this you know this fear syndrome because you want to take care of people and you want to do the best for them but what also i'm learning is you know everybody who is in the team right now wants to do the best for themselves but also for the company and they want to build sure. their own companies and i said you know it's your own to build and so we start with that so that takes me into culture and leadership because you talk to so many ventures uh, matt and you, you build a business which is growing and it cannot grow without people. You told, you told us it's about, about talent and actually working with smarter people than you. So can you tell us what you've seen working best from leadership culture mindset viewpoint from your business and the business you talk to every single day? Sure. I think um, I, I think often is, is the case, and you'll hear this time and time again, it's, it's about setting um. Uh, a vision, having a purpose within that vision, and and then ensuring that uh, vision is brought into and and possibly even co-created by by those within the team. Um, if you if you have that um, purpose-led vision, you have everybody's buy into that, and and you set a clear pathway to achieving that. Whether you're ahead of it or you're behind it, then then everybody will rally 
and 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 do their best to make that happen. If you're playing, if you're employing or you're you're working with the the smartest minds that you can get hold of and and that are that have the capability or at least can develop those capabilities to achieve uh, what you need from them, then um, th then then you're going to hit that. And, and and for me, it's 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 as simple as that. It's 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 making sure that um, yeah that that you that you line up that um, that that vision. With, with your with your colleagues and 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 I've always had and I know there are certain different um, sorry there are certainly different types of, of leadership but but I've always been um, oh I don't know maybe it's easy for me to say and maybe it's not so true but I, I always feel I'm it's it's somewhat of a democracy um, in terms of of us as a, as a culture of a business um, and and really rather than employ people to um, to to fulfill specific roles I'd rather employ exceptional talent understand with them where they are best deployed and allow them to um sort of function um in in with, with that kind of um uh, with that intent and what that does is it allows them to do the thing they love the best and and invariably they're, they're the best at um and it allows us to then create um the right kind of landscape or the right sort of resourcing landscape um, to, to achieve our vision. So, um, so it's, and it's um, so an interesting one. I feel like what's come clear, um, come clean as well. So one of the, one of your uh, recent members of your team who uh, has rejoined you is somebody that I, I loved when I first met them working in Startup Bootcamp. Um, so as part of your, your team and, and for years, I've, uh, I've tried to woo over uh, into Sonar. Um, because, because I, I think, but it's a bit like you, right? It's, it's you've recognised the talent there, um, and it's absolutely someone to keep hold of. And um, and then uh, then hearing me, he'd uh, he'd rejoined. I was like, I couldn't be happier. But also, there's part of me which is like, hmm, okay, he didn't come and join Sonar. But it's it's one of those where if you if you see wonderful people out in in the market um, who can make a difference to to our industry, then my goodness, let's try and let's try and sweep them up. And if you have the capital to be able to to pull them into your company. Uh, set that vision and get them behind that then um then wonderful so um yeah so for me it's it's all around that uh, kind of purpose-led um vision setting and and going back to that um sort of social enterprise comment earlier one, one of the big struggles that i've had within within sonar is um is is are we truly making an impact um because you know it's very it's very direct when you work for charities and not for profits and and all the rest it's um and, and we we talk a very good game within the world of insurance about how important insurance is and, and you know how we protect uh, all them and and i think I, I believe that but but i think we have a long way to go still to really um broaden that out and you know and we, we you and i often talk about kind of trends we're seeing in the marketplace and one of one of the big trends that we're seeing uh, which, which i'm i'm absolutely behind is is insurance uh driven towards underserved markets and whether whether that's kind of um, ethnic communities, it's LGBTQT plus, or it's um, like marshmallow guys. Uh, even you know, with, with their um, uh, starting about the kind of the immigrants coming into into the UK, and 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 the fact that to get a car insurance it was at a ridiculous premium, and they were able to you know undercut that. Whatever the business is, I, I now re I I'm much um, I'm much more aware uh, and excited by that that connection between insurance and um, societal change. Um, and so for me, being able to get behind that as a purpose and being able to really drive um, uh, the, the, um, the business in the direction of supporting those companies succeed, just as you uh, alluded to yourself, uh, that, that's exciting for me. Um, so important. I'm being, I'm being joined by my dog. 
Yes. Uh, that, that's, Lovely that dog. Doesn't come, doesn't come across on the podcast. But, um, <laughs> hello, Bear. Hello, Bear. So you also mentioned a key topic, a key theme, which is affecting us all, which is, I think, sustainability. And when you start looking at uh, the UN SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, and um, the ESG, which stands for Environmental, Social and Governance Metrics, you have to look at underserved market segments. And also, you need to look at other things than just, you know, climate change and emission and environment, um, but also at safety and at diversity, equality and, and inclusion. So how do you see the world we are living in, the companies we're working with and the startup embracing DEI at the moment, Matt? So I think the answer is slowly. Um, and, and probably not at a sufficient pace, but I, that is always the way, right? Um, so I think it's, um, I'm looking forward to COP26 and what will come out of that. I think it's um, already um, uh, creating good discussion. Um, sorry, in the background now, I'm not sure if you can hear it. It's my thirsty dog uh, having a drink. So um, hopefully he won't continue too much uh, longer. But um, I, I think the... Um, like with any change, change is difficult, but it's it's we, we don't have a choice with this, um, and and therefore uh, it will only continue going in one direction until we do something about it. And and you know I, I talk about uh, my son, but but it's the same for for us uh, as it is our parents and 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 whoever is uh, you know around us in communities. It's um, it, it's those that are in the most kind of vulnerable and under um, privileged, I guess, parts of our society that will be affected first. Um, and that uh, in the past has always created a um, almost a level of acceptance from the kind of the middle and upper classes and, and a level of tolerance and you know, it'll be okay kind of um, adage. But, but this time around, it's, it's something that, that can't wait and, and change needs to happen. And, and it's, um, it's more important than any of this stuff that we're talking about on a day in, day out uh, basis, right? So, so uh, big business has, has huge responsibility. Um, and, and yes, while startups um, provide opportunity, and I think it was, a, it was good old Boris, you know, talking about kind of investment into, into startups that will help change the world. And, and you know, there the, the will be, um, the, the will be the, 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 the Netflixes, the Googles, the Ubers, you know, who are coming through and in, in, in doing some incredible things to, to turn the tides. But, but big business has, has the ultimate responsibility. They, they, are, they are set up, they are already established and uh, they have the capital to make a difference. And, and they possibly also have the, the, the largest need and impact on, on the society around us as well to make, uh, make that change. So, yeah, I, I think what we're going to see is a flood of insurtechs that are um, innovating the space, but I, I also hope, and we're seeing it with some of the health businesses already, and I know some of your clients, um, the same, you're, you're working with these, uh, these guys on these projects, but um, we're, we're seeing change happen, but it's, it's, um, it's happening slowly, but, but that will only need to accelerate because um, the impact's going to get more and more severe as, as time goes on. Yeah, it will accelerate as time goes on. And yes, I think I would echo what Mr. Boris Johnson is saying that uh, the startups and the entrepreneurs and the founders are the pillar of growth in a lot of industries and a lot of economies, you know, representing often 70% of the working population. So what would be your last word of wisdom, you know, your checklist for anyone wanting to learn from your experience to build a successful business? 
Oh, I don't know. I think it's about finding your own path. Um, I, I'm never, I'm never, you know, if we talk about imposter syndrome, I'm never particularly comfortable about saying, hey, listen, listen to me and, um, and here's my advice. But uh, it's, it's about finding, finding your ambition, um, something that either you're passionate about or that you can be passionate about. Um, but it's, 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 I don't, I, <laughs> this is, this is the worst advice. So forgive me, but it's, I don't think it's for everybody. And I think that's also really important, right? It's, it's, it's pretty punishing being an entrepreneur um, and you get punched drunk to it, which, which is, uh, which is great. Um, and it's, it's easy once you're through, um, I don't know, maybe the, the other side of it. And, and it's, you know, so it's less, less risk and it's uh, easy to kind of uh, spout words of wisdom, but, but it's, it's a path that um, I think it's well worth taking just like, just like a sales, uh, sorry, commission only sales job. I mean, nobody wants that. Right. And, but it's, it's an amazing kind of learning curve. Um, if you're able to um, get involved, you have the, uh, the ability to, um, to enter the startup space. There's no time like today. Right. I mean, there's, capital galore there's an absolute glut of money out there uh with investors who are willing to help you shape the business of the future so so give you that advice and steering pathway there's also a world that really needs um support and help and that's not just the insurance world that's a that's a whole um bunch of opportunity out there to to reshape and and transform the, the world that we live in from from you know industry down um, and, and really bring those two together. If, if you are a, a creative uh, business person or you fancy yourself that you might be that, give it a try. As long as you're not risking, um, you know, life and limb uh, and, and, and potentially hurting people on route, go for it because it, now is the time. And then I go back to the days where, you know, I, I set up my first business because I kind of thought that's what I was meant to do because that was the, the, the you know, the, 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 the lasting advice from my, my father. But um but yeah, no, it's 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 now it's it's a, it's a wonderful time to be an entrepreneur. To the extent of you know, I'm running Sonar, and I, I um, all I want to do is set up more businesses. I mean, all that's all I want to do. But I know I must focus, and and that's you know probably one of the one of the rules of being an entrepreneur. You know, and then they talk about Alchemy Crew being one of your projects, and the, you know, but but I know that it's you know it's it's twenty hours a day for, and it will be for the for a time being, and um, and it's the same with Sonar. You know, we 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 were a young company still, and. And very soon, and I'm, I'm looking at kind of a couple of months, it will be time to put my feet on the table as opposed to under the table, because actually I don't need to do that operational piece anymore. We have we have the team, we have the, the, the structure and the governance within the business and, and we can grow that. So yeah, any parting words, I appreciate this. It's been uh, more than a few words, it's been a few paragraphs, but but if, if, you, if you feel the um, inclination to make change happen and you are uh, prepared to roll your sleeves up and, and graft tirelessly for a probably a good chunk of your life uh, then go out there and do it because there's a lot of money to be had if you're looking to scale your, your your business and there's a lot of opportunities to make change happen yeah thank you for those wise words matt i think when you look at the world we are in which you know we are in a world of uncertainty uncertainty is not going mm. to stop tomorrow and to manage uncertainty you need to have choice and i think as entrepreneurs we know we can create our own choices with the business we built. Um, for sure, Alchemy Crew is my main project, my main business. However, what I also learned is that, as you know, I manage my personal brand quite carefully. And this can be monetized too. And sure. so, you know, when I look at uh, initiative entrepreneurial um, projects, they are still linked to one another. So it's just learning to monetize better. 
That's really interesting. But it's in. But it, but you're right about your personal brand in the market. I mean, you particularly, right? And and there are there are a handful of people. If you were to talk about insurtech and map that to individuals in the market, it's. I mean, Sabine van der Linden is. You're always up there in that in that in that group, and it's it's a very interesting. Um, it's a very interesting position. Do you think so? To turn the tables again, if we have time, I hopefully we do. Yeah. And, yeah. Do, and to turn the to turn the tables, how? And so you you got into InsureTech early on. Um. So you're saying, um, was it six years ago? Maybe. Um, yes. That six you years kind of ago. stepped into that. Correct. Six years yeah. ago, and then um, did you? So so you and moving from the fintech space, recognizing the opportunity. Did you think about personal brand from the off, or is that something that is almost a side effect from? Uh, the work that you were doing uh, within the insurance space? So interestingly enough, you know, my approach in insurance, so at that point I already was 18 years in insurance. Mm -hmm. And one thing I do believe is that uh, selling for me is a market-led approach. You know, it's a conversation. It's trust. It's about credibility. It's about authenticity. So that is my baseline. And yes, when I went into InsurTech, I would say when you start building accelerator and talking to ventures and having to be out there, it's a de facto, I would say, byproduct of identifying and I would say recruiting some of the best business out there. You know, when you have to scout 20,000 ventures globally to only select 100, you have to do a little bit of marketing, actually quite a lot of marketing. So I learned a lot during those six years to, to, to be out there, you know, to talk about my vision, to talk about what would make a difference in insurance. And I realized I quite like it. Mm-hmm. So I guess you have to, I, if you didn't, what a miserable existence that would be for you, right? <laughs> how do you how do you keep track of people? Um, because you must have met. So so we, you're right. We we you know I talk with founders all the time, and, and we have some incredible clients around the world, and and that that keeps me very busy. Um, and we have a you know we have a team there, but I can only imagine also with the amount of travel that you used to do in a pre-COVID. I'm sure that will be coming again. You, you must be meeting so many people like tenfold those that I do how do you keep um how do you keep those relationships and how do you ensure some of those are kept in a meaningful way so I think rule number one is that people know that the door is always open if they want to reach out and have a 15 or 20 minutes chat with me for sure I cannot talk to 20,000 people every year but um you know when you look at my startups if they need something they know they can reach out and just recently one is raising funding and so send an email across so that you know you have to leave that door open um for people to reach out when they they want to but they they also know that everybody's busy and everybody's running a business. So therefore you're not going to be after them like small children either. So I would say my approach has for sure a good CRM, Um, you know, newsletters, um, as you know, having a great ecosystem person, I've always worked with ecosystem managers, uh, leads within my team where we can tango and make sure that we, we take care of our ventures. Uh, And then when, you know, that is a venture side, but also I work a lot with investors and I work a lot with corporates. Investors are the same. Usually investors, as you know, want deal flow. And they know that when they want to reach out, 
they can, you know, we can set up 15 minutes, 20 sure. minutes. Um, however, it's again, the outward communication, which becomes important. So how do you build your system to be presenting people's mind? Whether that is on LinkedIn, on Twitter, other media, in addition to your newsletter. And you have a great newsletter yourself, Matt. Thank you. It's, um, it's become a, um, I don't know, poison chalice, is that the right uh, term? And so, so one of the things uh, that also, uh, as I went through a hard grafting B student uh, through school was I, uh, I had special uh, dyslexia lessons. And so my, uh, which is ironic because my mum's an English teacher. Okay, so, so as I started this newsletter, I think I, think I read um, maybe Anand's newsletter, newsletter from CB Insights, and I thought it was wonderful. And I hold those guys in, in high regard, and particularly his ability to sign off a, uh, a newsletter that says, I love you, Anand. I was just like, how ballsy. I mean, that's really brave in, into the big kind of enterprise SaaS uh, world. And um, as a big fan of that and, and recognize the value that writing this stuff, because, you know, we, we see you know, our whole business is around tracking market trends and activity and understanding, you know, everything from fundraising through to partnerships. And, and my goodness, we're such a privileged position to be not only accessing all that information, but working with clients to understand how they connect with that information. And, and for us to be able to present that, you know, in a newsletter, so it's every fortnight, I thought, what a wonderful thing. So I wrote the first few, and, and it's amazing how quickly subscribers uh, sort of came on board to the point where I was like, okay, let's keep trying. And, and, and I didn't particularly enjoy the time because it's, I, it's been, I spend an entire Friday every other week writing this, right? That's a, that's a tenth of my working yeah, it's a time. big commitment. That's an inordinate amount of time. And but, when I do mine, it's the same. It's a whole Saturday it's gone. crazy, yeah. right? Saturday. <laughs> You're so good to be in. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and so, and, and then over the, over the last two years, so those numbers have now grown up. Into, we're in the 30,000s um, of, of people who subscribe to this. And it blows my mind. And, and, and I, interestingly, I, some, some days I wake up and I love writing it. Last Friday, You've never met a, a more, um, God, I was almost angry the fact that I had to spend the time, because, only because I wanted to do some other stuff, but it's so valuable for the business. And, and around those kind of keeping conversations alive, everybody I meet will say, oh, Matt, I read that, uh, so news that you write. Um, and oh, is, is it every Friday or every other Friday that it's sent? And so you really know that they, they genuinely do read it. And it's, you know, it's, it's just by chance. It's, it's I around five, right? Friday. It's around five o'clock yeah, on exactly. Friday. So, you know. And so that that's what everyone says arrive. as well. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone says that. It's like, it's the perfect timing, end of day on a Friday. And I was like, who knew, right? I just, that was just by chance. That's when I wrote it. And, and that's when I, you know, that's as, basically it's published as soon as I finished it, whether that's three o'clock or that's six o'clock, depending on how many meetings I have on the Friday to interrupt that journey, that's when it goes out. But, but you know, it's, it's wonderful. And, and for us, because we're a platform business, we, you know, we, we embed links within that, that click through. If you would like more information on a, a company profile, you click through. And if you're a customer, you go straight to the, the, the profile within Sona. If you're not a customer, then lo and behold, you get a landing page that says, here are the reasons why you should be a, a customer, take a trial. You know, and so it's it's the perfect lead generation as well as kind of brand building piece for us. But um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Newsletters are they're, they're great fun, but it's um it's hard work. But okay. yeah, but but equally, and, and it's the same for you, right? It's um, I I I only tried um a couple of times in 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 the last few years of having a ghostwriter or or someone else trying to write it for me, and it's just you. I'm sure it's the same for us all, but we, I have such a, an individual style of writing and, and nobody could, 
I'm sure there's the, there are people who write a whole load better than I do, but 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 to keep that consistent voice um, is really difficult. So yeah, so I, I think I'm um, uh, no, no matter how much I have my feet on the on the desk and and doing the strategic uh, side of the business and driving uh, that opportunity forward, I, I think I'm wedded to uh, this uh, Sony's newsletter for a long time still. Please continue hey. because it's a beautiful <laughs> and fun newsletter to read. So when I'm in the city, you know, and I jump in a Uber, I, you know, an electric Uber, I actually try to finish off things. It's like, okay, when I'm done, you know, for my 20, 30 minutes ride, I said, okay, let me check what Matt is talking about. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Maybe we need to do a podcast of that, uh, Sabine. Me and you, we could do the uh, the weekly news or the fortnightly news. I would love um, to. Let's do it. So then, so then, may maybe it's not in. A, maybe you don't have to get car sick reading uh, reading on your phone. Maybe we can uh, just do the audio version. You can plug in and listen listen <laughs> in that. your Uber. That would be great. There you go. Maybe well, that's the, that's the future. So thank you, Matt. And that's just just another thing. Yeah, sorry. No, no, not at all. And no, Sabine, it's, it's, it's sorry, a joy. I, sorry, I think you were wrapping up and I was jumping in with, with more. No, no problem. So let okay. me wrap up. So thank you very much, Matt, for a wonderful podcast. We have discovered who you are, who is Sonar Global. So if people want to reach out, by the way, to find Matt Connolly, it's We Are Matt. And if you want to find out about Sonar, it's Sonar Global, S-O-N-R dot global. Thank Perfect. you. Uh, Sabina, it's a great pleasure. Lovely to see you. Chat soon. If you like this podcast, subscribe now. Share with your friends. And if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine van der Linden. Thank you.